0: You're listening to friends with everyone, the podcast about breaking down barriers and changing perceptions one interview at a time. I'm your host, Sherry Kuiper. Hey everyone. Thanks for joining me for this bonus episode of friends with everyone. As you may remember, my very first episode was with a woman named Mari, who is a witch. When I first started this podcast and put out a call for interviewees, so to speak, I had two women who are witches who decided to volunteer an interview. And I really want you to hear the second one. So this interview is with Elise Wells. And I hope you enjoy hearing her perspective on being a witch, how it compares to Mari's and how it's different than Mari's. So here is the bonus episode of Friends with Everyone, Elise Wells. Well, Elise, let's start with this. Just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Um, I'm Elise Wells. I am a former teacher. I was a classroom teacher in the Baltimore public school system for four years. Um, This past year, I actually left my position. I resigned my position. And now I'm looking into tutoring and professorships and tour guiding. I actually recently moved to Greece. I'm Greek American. So I'm moving to Greece full time for the first time in my life. So I'm excited to delve into that. My husband and I got married in Greece last month. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So we're jumping into it. He's really liking the culture, the food. He's learning the language. So it's been really good.
0: Amazing. And, and Greece is so beautiful. It's what is it? Is it Santorini that's down there on the coast? Like every vacation yeah, picture that one of pops the up of that. I'm like, I want to go there. So it's on my list. So Elise, that was actually one of our honeymoon spots. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So, at least maybe someday I'll make it to Greece, and, and you can give me a tour.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, and Elise, for, for the purpose of this podcast, what is it that you're here to tell us today about yourself that we're going to be talking about?
1: I am here to talk about being a pagan, being a witch in this world, and navigating that as a professional and uh, you know, the broom closet and all those good things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the broom closet, oh my gosh, I haven't heard that in years. Which yeah. basically, for those of you who are who are listening, your broom closet, aside from storing brooms there, it's kind of like hiding in the closet, hiding your paganism, your, your witchery, if you will, <laughs> and, yeah. and not putting it out there and wearing it on your sleeve like, like you would a lot of, uh, of other things. So having this, you know, this Greek culture and, you know, having this dual citizenship and there's a lot of religion tied up in both of those, but how did you land on paganism?
1: Uh, so I was raised Greek Orthodox and I still can resonate a lot with Greek Orthodoxy. Greek Orthodoxy was the first Christianity. That was what all of the apostles were. And they came to Greece and went throughout Rome and recruited Christians um, in this region first. And that was, of where Christianity was born, how it was born. And it's very different from the way many Americans practice Christianity because yes. they put the Theotokos, the Mother Mary, at the center of the religion. Yes. She's with Jesus always. So that my love for the goddess really started then. I've always loved the Mother Mary. Our church has the biggest, like she's the icon at the front of the church. So I've always found a lot of resonance with her. She's who I wanted to learn about in Sunday school. So it kind of was a natural progression. We also, in paganism, we use a lot of incense. We burn a lot of candles. We're very ritualistic. So it was an easy jump from a very ritualistic Christianity.
0: Lots of incense there too. And I love that you, you bring up the Mother Mary and how she's at the center of everything, because I don't think a lot of people realize in paganism, there's many gods that you can, you can worship 10, you can worship one, you can whatever. There's also goddesses and, uh, and that very strong um, female aspect. What did your family say? Uh, did you tell them? Did they know? Like, How did that all play out? Uh, Well, my family
1: are Greek Orthodox and they're very ritualistic in their own way. They're not, my mom's actually American. So she's, you know, actually Lutheran originally, she did convert to Greek Orthodoxy when she married my dad. Um, And so, and my dad's very Greek Orthodox. So the iconography in our house is a lot of mother Mary. So I think for them, I never explicitly told them I'm pagan, but they listen to my podcast. I actually have uh, two podcasts. One I'm a co-host on with Leandra Witchwood. It's her podcast called uh, the Magic Kitchen Podcast. And we just, we're actually both from different pagan traditions. So we just talk about the way we practice and, you know, different episodes around herbs or dealing with stress and anxiety as a witch. Like we kind of cover lots of topics. And then um, my other podcast, Seeking Numina is actually just guided meditations that I write at different spiritual locations around the world. So uh, we've covered Greece. We actually just got back from Switzerland and Germany where we recorded at mountaintops and waterfalls and riverbeds. And it it was so spiritual. It was really, really moving. So my family are aware, I think. I think it would be hard to miss in what I'm, <laughs> right? what I'm doing. But they don't ever differentiate it. Like they, you know, I, I still have an icon of mother Mary in my kitchen here, but I also have, um, you know, Triscales and, uh, you know, Celtic designs everywhere. And yes. like, it's, it's a very eclectic path. That's actually, since I've started calling myself a witch, I've been practicing since 2013. I've always called myself an eclectic witch because I can't just pick one culture i'm not even just one culture so i can't just pick one goddess one culture
0: so it's it's eclectic an eclectic path just means that you incorporate all these different aspects and you kind of pull what works for you right is that a fair statement yeah. and i think that's one of the more attractive things about the different paths in paganism because you can kind of do it your way so as as you and i talked before we started recording you identify as a witch. And I wouldn't identify as a witch. I would, I call myself more of a pagan Jew. Um, I never really was part of any organized religion until much later in life. And I've identified as pagan and, and that's okay. We are both right. You can be in a room with three different pagans and it could be completely different things, but really at the core would, you know, what, what is it that you think, though, is that kind of that connecting thread, though? So I see the big difference
1: between paganism and uh, Abrahamic religions as when you talk about Abrahamic religions, they're orthodoxic. It's about your belief. It's about having the same faiths in the same stories in the same ancient peoples um, paganism is orthopraxic, which means it's action. It's your paganism is determined by your actions. Right. So within paganism, I don't know a single pagan. And before we got married in Greece, we actually had a small hand fasting. That's oh, beautiful. Um, yeah. And we only had 13 people there, which is so witchy, but we did not plan it that way. <laughs> I was
0: going to say that and- <laughs> sounds like on purpose,
1: right? It was so funny. It was, it was going to be 11. And then Uh, One of my friends is a Wiccan high priestess. And she was like, well, can my husband come? And I said, of course. And then she's like, oh, can my son come? And I was like, well, sure. So then it was 13. And it was so funny. Um, But at that ceremony, we actually had six different pagan traditions present. Yeah. And it didn't matter. Because at the end of the day, what we do commonly believe, we do believe in the goddess. Every pagan is more goddess centric. That's the big difference. It's not patriarchal. It's more of this understanding of the root of creation, which is Mm -hmm. like the magic of the feminine that we can bring forth life. Like that's so magical, you know, at at its root, like we can grow babies in our bodies. Like that's crazy. And there's also this respect for nature that all pagans have. It's this fundamental awesome power that nature will have. And that's something As we're talking now, there's been insane flooding um, across the entire East Coast. There's been fires around the globe. There's been snow in Brazil for the first time in recorded history. There was rain in Greenland for the first time in recorded history. So nature is awesome. And I don't mean that in like the cool way. I mean like it is a powerful way. Yeah, powerful.
0: I live live near Annapolis and uh, Um, here in Maryland and a tornado went through last night. And oh my like, gosh, I saw that. On and the like, news. and that's, I'm about a half a mile from where that happened. And mm. so, you know, where I'm at, it not much happened to me. I had to kind of take shelter and some lights flickered and that's it. Like nothing went out, but, but just getting to that nature is so awesome. Just like buildings that were just completely gone and just like seeing her, the path of, of mother nature going through these towns. It's like, it's power it is power in an awesome cool way but it's also powerful and just like a powerful way
1: yeah exactly but there's a respect that uh, you know we all as humans should have for nature because we're still just one species on a massive ecosystem
0: yes and you know I think to be
1: reminded of that is good for us i think
0: well yeah and like when you watch a lot of sci-fi movies what is it that's that's winning in the end it's always going to be mother nature yeah. it's she'll true. You, she'll get you every time. So be good to her and she'll be good to you. I, I believe anyways. And, yeah. um, you know, oh my goodness. We talked about, so is, if I may ask, is your husband, I'm assuming, is he pagan too?
1: No, he's not actually. And that's a fun thing I've noticed in the pagan community. It's like a yin and yang kind of situation where, My husband is an atheist and he's very interested in technology. Like he's a computer science guy. And I've noticed that is like a trend. I only, of all my pagan friends over the years, I've only ever met one whose husband is also pagan. Everybody else, it's like, you know, one of them is the pagan and they're the creative one and they're the colorful one. And they're the ones who want to sing karaoke, you know? And then there's like (laughs) the other one who's like quiet, really logical, logical, grounded, you know, keeps us on the ground. (laughs) It's good for us.
0: (laughs) Uh, Interesting. And I find it very um, interesting that as an atheist, he even participated in a hand fasting. And that just says a lot about, I think, just acceptance. Like, yeah, I I, I, I know a lot of atheist people, I have atheists in my family. um, And, and they're super cool and accepting of everything. So I think it's just really beautiful that even though maybe for him, it wasn't it was meaningful to you. And so it, I'm sure it became meaningful to him to do that. And I have to say, I've yeah. always, I, I, I just uh, wish I knew you months ago so that I could go to your hand fasting ceremony. I've always wanted to oh. see one of those. I've never seen one. I've never seen one in person. And oh, I'll I'm send not- you
1: pictures. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. And it's, I think for, for a lot of atheists, they tend to be sciencey people, right? And so yes. with climate change and the importance of I mean, we've kind of even moved past the importance of personal recycling at this point. It's about looking at corporations and yes. you know what can change. But that's something he's really passionate about. So we bond on that love of nature. He loves hiking. He loves kayaking. He loves biking through. Um, and actually, when we did our trip uh, recently through Germany and Switzerland, we used completely used public transportation and we flew EasyJet, which is oh. the only airline that's offsetting its carbon emissions in Europe. Oh, so amazing! We, we tried to be okay. Yeah. It's a good one to fly with. It's super cheap too. It's like a win-win, but it's something that, you know, traveling is kind of wasteful, you know, just by nature with all the flying. And, and we also tried to picnic and make our own food along the way. So we really did what we could to not travel irresponsibly for the earth.
0: And, and I think I want to just kind of stop you there for a second and point out for people listening, a big part of this podcast is just Really, kind of showing how we are all very, very similar. Now, while you listening may not, you might be like, "I'm not a pagan," but I'm. You might like hiking. You might yeah. be a big recycler. You might do those things. The the big difference, and and at least, please tell me your thoughts on this. For me, it's because it's very, a very spiritual and very. It's a much more meaningful, like deep-rooted, soulful, meaningful thing for me to go on a hike. For me to do the things that I do to try and protect nature and to take that in. Whereas for my neighbor, it's just a hike and they're just throwing the plastics in the plastic bin. You know, would you say that that's kind of the fundamental difference between a person who's a pagan and loves nature and just like a regular nature loving person?
1: There's a part of all of us, especially when we connect. And in paganism, this is something we talk about a lot, connecting with your inner child. That part of us that wants to run in the rain and play in the mud and you know, make a sandcastle on the beach. Everybody has those moments that they can remember where they were out in nature. They weren't worried about what they looked like. They weren't worried about who's going to text them. They were just thinking in the moment they were present and having fun with it. And I think that's something I do love about paganism is that that pull to do that. It's a part of our practice to do that. Um, But I've seen, I, I have friends of all walks of life. I have actually, I have another friend who's who's Jewish and a witch and he calls himself a Jew witch. <laughs> so you feel free so you to take that. Him.
0: You should be like, well, I've met a pagan Jew and now I know there's a Jew witch out there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and I have friends that are atheists. I have friends that are Catholic. Um, and everybody has those moments in nature where they just feel magical. Like we yeah. had our wedding in Greece. We had some visitors from around the world come and it was so many walks of life. We had some Muslims there. We had Greek Orthodox there. We had some non-practicing people from Albania. We met a friend uh, who ended up traveling with us a little bit from Belgium. And every time we were out, because you can't really be in Greece and not be in nature, even the restaurants, right. they don't, you sit on the beach at the restaurant. Right. So, yes. you know, like people are moved by nature. I think it's, yes. you know, it's in our nature be moved by nature
0: yes i would agree with that part of it absolutely and so and so really my my point is is there is that common thread if you are christian catholic um greek orthodox you know if you have a love for nature you have a common thread with a pagan and that's cool i think that's really great. And that's, that's my point. You know, we spend a lot of time not liking other people because we think what they do is weird or unknown, but with paganism, there's common threads with everyone. And, and I think that that's really, really great. Um, A few minutes ago, when you were talking about your hand fasting, your your wedding, um, you talked about a high priestess there. And so that tells me that you are, probably connected to or worked with are part of a coven. And I would just love to kind of dive into that and, and hear a little bit about what that's like for you.
1: Sure. So my coven is nine people, um, well, 10, including me. And so it's pretty small. There's like this kind of unspoken rule that you don't want your covens to get too large. Um, that's actually a huge difference, too, between paganism and christianity there's no such thing as like recruiting or uh, what do they call it evangelizing like there's none of that in paganism like in fact if you do want to study you have to reach out and there's depending on the uh group you're interested in there's like multiple steps there's classes you take like the the good thing about paganism is it's also always free there's no tithing or donations even like they're like yeah sure bring some candles to donate to the coven but like don't don't ever you don't pay for anything right Uh, so for any aspiring pagans if someone asks you for money they're not doing it right Right. exactly (laughs) um,
0: and i will concur that
1: yeah it's that's definitely a big one but it's it's uh every coven's a little bit different one of my friends is a high priestess in a gardnerian wiccan tradition which is what a lot of people think of when they think of paganism is wicca um that was started by gerald gardner in the 40s he went to england and started a group. And a lot of people practice from, from his startup. And even my tradition, my tradition is an eclectic coven, but it has fairy tradition roots. So our lineage, they call it your lineage, like who you learn from, who they learned from. Right. Okay. Um, So my lineage goes back to Lord Orion. That's his name. Um, He actually practiced in Baltimore and before that, it was Alexandra Foxmore. So she was a fairy tradition. He was a fairy tradition. Uh, but my high priestess kind of opened it up to be a little bit more eclectic. So, oh. just for what the fairy tradition is, if yes. uh, anyone's curious, so uh, it's, curious. Similar to, <laughs> it's not too different than. Uh, what people think of as traditional paganism or even like a Wiccan based paganism, because all of these kind of stemmed, it's kind of like all Christians believe in Jesus, you know? So there's like some root there, like it's all goddess based. It's Mm -hmm. all based on respecting the five elements, um, air, fire, water, and earth, as well as spirit. That's the fifth element. Yes. Um, And our difference is that when we, call the quarters when we call in air in the east fire in the south water in the west earth in the north we also call in the fey so uh, for the air fey we call in the air sylphs they come from ancient greek mythology Um, in the south i call in the jinn, which are fire spirits it's actually where genies come from in like In the English word, they call them genies usually. Okay. So I call it, they're from like Middle Eastern mythology. Um, Water. Um, And then in earth, we call in the gnomes. (laughs) Like the little uh, cute little guys who live earth.
0: I think of little garden gnomes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's where they come
1: from. They all come from these ancient traditions of fairy belief.
0: And what is the fair? yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, what what is that belief?
1: So it's just this understanding that, uh, oh, I think I forgot to say, when we call in water, we call in the naiads, which are the daughters of Poseidon. So thinking like you can see even here, it's eclectic because we're I'm talking about like the entire earth, but also when you're calling all the directions, you're, you know, you're pointing out towards the entire earth. So right. that's kind of the idea behind it for me personally the fae are there's a quote by aristophanes He was an ancient greek philosopher and he said if horses had a god he'd be a horse right <laughs> because like we have to kind of see ourselves in our in our in the deities that we believe in or in the powers right. that we believe in sure so for the fae they kind of personify these elements for me that's how i see them some people take them genuinely literally like if they don't hang a bell on their door, they're going to anger the sylphs and the sylphs are going to blow a gust of wind up their skirt when they're walking (laughs) into a job interview. Like some people take it that literally, I take it more as a symbol for, you know, respecting those, those powers. And they give me a personification, something to picture in my mind in a meditation, or, you know, if I'm drawing art, trying to embody earth, you know, that's part of that inner child, right? We like to draw. I'm not a good artist at all. It's not (laughs) anything I do for professional. It's for me. Yeah. (laughs) Right. uh, Right. You know, it's just a personification of those elements and the power that they have. Like we said, nature is powerful.
0: And you are the first person I've ever met that's on the fairy tradition. And so, so fascinating um, to hear about that. Do you openly tell people that you are a witch? and it's kind of funny <laughs> oh sorry yeah. no no I was just gonna say like how, how does that work for you because like I feel like I lived in Georgia for a while and literally one of the first questions people would ask me is what church I belong to uh, oh, <laughs> and so yeah. I was like uh, I belong to the temple um, but so <laughs> so for some people it is like a huge part of their identification and I think for pagans it's, it is too but there's just a lot of reasons we don't really say it. Like, Hey, hi, yeah. I'm Elise the witch. So like, so I just, I just like, what's that like for you? I I go back and forth
1: with it. It's kind of like being a writer. Like I, I, I write articles and poetry and things like that. Um, and I always like, I, I don't not want to tell my family and friends, but there's a part of me that's like, Oh, they, you know, it's like so personal that it's almost like better when strangers know. So if I'm actually, this happened to me last week in Switzerland of all places, like I kind of have this paganism is so big in America and in America, you can kind of be yourself and have labels. And but in other countries, like even in Greece, like people are much more like to themselves about things. But I saw somebody with a triple goddess. uh, It's like a crescent moon with a full moon and then another crescent moon. symbol on her mask and I was like oh my gosh I love your mask I was like I'm a witch and she's like I am too and like we just shared this smile moment and like she didn't speak English very well I totally don't speak Swiss German so that was all it was but I know it meant a lot to us to see each other and it meant a lot to me at least and I saw it in her eyes like you know you just don't feel seen that often and I was happy to tell her but like as far as when I was a public school teacher I oh, right. never shared that.
0: <laughs> oh, right. yeah, they'd be like, mm, what?
1: <laughs> but the- what's cool about it yeah. is people know. I taught two different students who were raised by pagan parents. Oh, cool. And it, both of those students, their parents, and where I taught in Baltimore, the most parents I ever saw on a back to school night was like six in a single night for all six of the classes I taught. and these pagan parents are always the most involved they're so loving they're so supportive like they're very very good parents they always came to these back to school nights conferences whatever and they always knew they somehow knew like I don't have any tattoos I don't wear pagan jewelry I don't wear pagan clothing like I'm very marmy to be honest like I like old lady aesthetic is what I kind of call myself (laughs) so
0: (laughs) you sound sound nothing close to an old lady so (laughs) thank you (laughs) So you don't yeah, have and they that part of the aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's strange. I how, just like teen, you know, because I'm like you, I don't wear a ton of stuff. I have one ring that has a pentagram on it. And I literally just bought that two weeks ago um, when I was going through Salem, Massachusetts. Um, nice. So so yeah, I get it. Like I had a couple necklaces like in my teen years. But that was it, like there was really nothing else. So I love that you had this moment and I do see symbols like that out around. And I think I just need to be more cognizant and just acknowledge when I see them like you did because how beautiful, because you're right. Like it's not something that most pagans and Wiccans and witches or or whatever in general, just don't announce.
1: Yeah. And I had the same thing. The first time I acknowledged a pagan in public, a total stranger was actually at the Apple store. Like a year ago, I was just in for maintenance, you know, you're waiting in line. And the guy checking me in on the little iPad had a goddess necklace. And I was like, I love it. I love your necklace. And I, he's like, Oh, thank you. I was like, I'm I'm a pagan. And he's like, me too. And we talked a little bit about our practice. And uh he was like it was really nice to meet you today like i always am not sure if i should say anything when i see people and i was like yeah but you know if if i saw a cross and i said nice cross and i was like i'm lutheran what are you like that conversation wouldn't be shameful it wouldn't draw attention so and to be honest nobody looked at us weird i mean this was baltimore so
0: (laughs) it's a pretty liberal place but (laughs) (laughs) trust me there's way weirder things than a pagan in baltimore (laughs) yeah exactly yeah even in that apple store so (laughs) no but you're right and i think for me like the reason i don't say much is because there is such there is some commercialization of paganism so shows like the craft and like charms and supernatural and all this stuff sometimes i'm like do they actually know what that means or are they just wearing it because they think it looks cool um yeah. you know what I mean and I'm, and maybe that I shouldn't be like that because why why should I assume somebody doesn't know what they're wearing but I've just I think I've just run into a few things where people are like oh yeah this is just really cool I'm like oh yeah, yeah. and okay that's never mind
1: <laughs> and I've had that because I don't watch Supernatural I tried to I just it was too silly for me I don't know so silly, I couldn't get it's into so, it
0: it's so good silly oh, I love You know <laughs> And I and like not
1: to get too off topic, but I did love Gilmore Girls and I love that yes. Dean is in that show, but doesn't play the guy named Dean. Like, I just love the whole thing. Like, I want to like it. I think I'm going to go back to it because I haven't tried since like season three. And you there's just like, really got to so.
0: accept that it is a silly show. And once you do that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't know what the, the, that symbol is. It's like a pentagram,
1: but it has like flames or something. Yes. And I saw some kid with a shirt and I was like, oh, my God, like, are
0: you pagan? And they were like, what? no I'm like, yes I know and I was like oh okay all right but I feel like <laughs> I feel like pagans we can kind of steal that and you can wear it very proudly and people be like oh my god you just love supernatural and you're like sure
1: yeah whatever they think is fine with me
0: <laughs> exactly exactly um see so yeah, I think what you're you know what you're saying too is kind of it seems to be the general how most pagans are it's they kind of just feel it out and you know, are more open, like with strangers about it. I think I've probably told more strangers about my beliefs than I really have to my family. So family, if you're listening, it just, it (laughs) wasn't a thing. It wasn't, it wasn't like I was trying to hide it. I mean, when I was a teenager, I had a pagan and proud bumper sticker on my car. So like, nice. That's good. That's more out of the broom closet than me. So there it was. So there it was. Um, I just, but in general, I don't really talk a ton about religion and, um, I don't, and I think that's why I like love Judaism. They don't, they don't recruit, they don't do all that stuff. Um, I just don't talk about it because I think religion's a very personal thing. I think it should be anyways. I don't think it should be this big advertisement of anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. so I just never talked about it. So fam, if you're listening, it, it was it wasn't a big deal. I just didn't talk about it. Um, and I don't think it would be a big deal. My mom's very like love Salem and all things Salem Mm -hmm. and is really into all of that. And I've got family members who are native American, which I'm sure, you know, they have a lot of amazing earthbound traditions that are very similar. I'm not calling them pagan because um, they're not They're you know, they're native American, but very similar things. So I've kind of been around that stuff my whole life and my parents, I mean, they weren't super religious. I mean, I went to Sunday school but that was probably more because the church was literally in my backyard and it got me out of the house for like one week every summer. Yeah, so I exactly. I don't even think it was them trying to do anything. It was just getting me out of the house and doing something else and bugging somebody else for a week. Um, yeah, the socialization. That was what my parents always told me
1: was yeah, the most important part of good.
0: I mean, I love learning about different religions and spiritualities and everything. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. Um, but coming up, so right now, like, we are getting hot and heavy into the holiday season. And it's holidays for, for lots of different religions and lots of different people. But, you know, Christianity tends to reign supreme, um, you know, this time of year as far as, like, like socially, I guess. Maybe that's not even a great way to say it. But how do you, how do you deal with that? So you, you have a Greek Orthodox family who, I'm, um, from my understanding of Greek Orthodox, very big into Into holidays and things like that. And I I mean, we live in very much a Christian society in so many ways. How do you navigate that? Do you celebrate with them or you're like, nope, I'm sticking to my pagan traditions and and that's it. How do you navigate that?
1: I see the holidays as a celebration of the seasons. And when you come at it from that angle, our first holiday, like we actually in paganism, we have eight Sabbaths, which are like eight high holidays. They're like the big ones. And four of them are the solstices and equinoxes, the longest and shortest days of the year. And then the other four mark harvests in between those. So it goes like solstice, harvest, equinox, harvest, solstice, harvest, equinox Um, through those. So it's like every 12 weeks, something like that, you have a nice holiday. And that's usually when you get together with your coven. And you know, celebrate what that harvest is about. So for us, our new year is actually Samhain, mm-hmm. which is Halloween. Yes. So Halloween, I think is, it's the biggest witches' holiday, but it's also the most socially known witches' holiday. So that's a great right. one for us because we can be proudly witchy and everybody's kind of on yes. board in the West. It's, it's so. my favorite
0: holiday has it's been so since I was a kid, since I was a kid, I've just loved it. So yeah. I, I, when I walked out my door, I don't know what the weather's like in Greece, but it's been hotter than the sun here in Annapolis. And this morning I walked oh, out yeah. and I felt cool air and I was like, fall is here. It's a lie. Yeah. But I enjoyed it for this morning.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, my friends in Baltimore were saying the exact same thing. They said they felt autumn in the air today and it was like, yes. Halloween has started.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. I I'm with them. I'm just going to claim it. I don't care.
1: Yeah. So we use Halloween kind of the same way. Like Samhain for us is an acknowledgement of the dead. It's also the same as like uh, Latinx cultures, how they celebrate like the day of the dead. We yep. do the same thing. We say that the veil between this world and the next is thinnest yep. on Samhain. And then it stays thin until Imbolc, uh, which is in the Christian calendar. It actually used to be celebrated. It's called Candlemas. Yes. So it's like February 2nd. Um, Uh, on the solstice. And that's also the first day where we get more sunlight than darkness. So with the, with that loss of light that comes in the fall and winter, you know, we kind of see that as also part of that thin veil. So that's when we, like my favorite tradition on Samhain is writing letters to my deceased loved ones. Like, Oh, beautiful. And we actually, when I'm with my coven this year, I'll do it on my own, but we burn those letters in a, fa- a bonfire and then yes. you know, kind of send those up. So it's really a moving experience and it yes. always is really nice.
0: Do you do a dumb supper at all? No, actually, I don't know what that is. What's that? Okay. So a dumb supper is and, and you would have it around that Halloween sow and veil time frame. And um, I've seen it done a few ways, but I think the way I would do it if I ever get around to doing one is is, is you set a table and you set it for everyone who is there, and then you set an empty spot for the deceased. And um, oh. I've seen it done different ways where you can put pictures of the, your lo- deceased loved ones by it or write their names or things like that. And actually what you just described, I've seen as part of a dumb supper tradition, um, like you could m- incorporate that with with the supper. Um, and, and the reason they call it a dumb supper is it's not because anybody's dumb or anything, but because you don't talk during it. It's mm. just that that reflection um, for them and you know, and I'm sure in some traditions, I'm, I would think it'd be very beautiful to open the door. I know in some Jewish traditions, we do that. We open the door to let, let them in and, you know, um, and then close the door when you're done, but you, I, you might, and you might enjoy something like that because some of the things that you're talking about is very much in line with it. And I always just thought it'd be a beautiful way to just take a moment and just honor your loved ones who have deceased. And, yeah. um, but, and I love to, and I just want to take a minute and point out when I talk to Mari, which is the other person um, I've interviewed for this podcast, we also talk about um, Samhain and Candle Moss and Imbolc and, and all the holidays and everything you're talking about. And I just want to point out to people, like we're talking about the same things. We just celebrate them a little bit differently. And yeah, well, everybody and- celebrates Christmas
1: differently too.
0: Right, but there's a little bit more commonalities there, but I think it's like, you know, uh, like, you know, you just brought, I just brought up a dumb stuff, and you're like, I don't know what that is. Neither one of us are wrong, and I just want to keep coming, I keep, I kind of want to beat that in, um, you know, for people's understanding here, is that that's the, to me, is the most beautiful thing about paganism, is that neither one of us are wrong how do you celebrate? Like, what are some of your favorite things as a pagan that you do to celebrate some of these holidays coming up in in just the upcoming season? So, uh, you know, uh, Yule, things like that. What are some of your favorite things that you like to do as a pagan?
1: Uh, so Samhain, like I said, I do like the letters and burn those. And then we also do apple bobbing, but not like in the water. (laughs) We carve runes into apples and put them all in a a basket and then everybody picks out an apple and then checks what their rune is. And that rune is supposed to kind of symbolize what's coming for you in the coming year.
0: That so is
1: so cool. I love, I love that. that. And I just recently, like this week, read about a similar ritual you can do around harvest. And I think I'm going to do it for Maybin this year. That's the next holiday coming up right before Samhain yes. um, in September. And you cut an apple in half and you draw a rune for what you want to manifest, what you want to bring into your life on the one half. And then the other half, you draw what you want to release in your life, either a symbol representing it, a sigil, that's like a drawn symbol right. and, or a rune. And then you bury that half and you eat the half that has what you want to manifest. That so would I want to try
0: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, What about Yule, which um, is what aligns very nicely with Christmas? Um, So what do you do for Yule to celebrate? So
1: Yule, I I celebrate Christmas with my family. So we do the tree and the decorating. And for me, a big part of Yule is the same stuff. I mean, a lot of what Christians use to celebrate came from Germanic traditions, which came from Norse mythology, a lot of times Norse people think of like the Vikings only, but they were all the same people going all the way to the Gauls of France yes. until like 800, maybe a thousand years ago. So a lot of these yes. traditions with boughs of evergreen, bringing your pine leaves in- inside using... Uh, mulled ciders and wines. That's all part of that. So for me, my favorite thing to do at Yule, and I actually kind of start this early in like November, as soon as I'm like really cold, chilled to the bone, (laughs) I will have like a constant crock pot filled with mulled wine. And I'll add different uh, chopped oranges. I'll slice oranges and put them in there. I'll put anise seeds and cloves and cinnamon sticks. And then as each pot is done, I actually bake those cinnamon sticks and anise seeds and uh, like the mulling spices. And then I, I make strings of those and I hang those in my kitchen until the next year. And then I burn those old ones, which makes your house smell so good. And then, oh, you know, it's so fun.
0: <laughs> I've never thought about baking them when it's because I do the whole mulled cider thing too. And uh, I never thought about baking them when I was done with them. Yeah, the oranges
1: I, are like everything's so easy to just like use a needle and thread and just, you know, it's kind of like the old fashioned popcorn strings.
0: Yes. Yes. And I, and I love this because here's the thing. A lot of people do this stuff. And, you know, so if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I have nothing in common with pagans. You do, because I can yeah. guarantee, <laughs> you, first of all, you do. Like, let's just like open that up. You do. Um, but you're, a lot of the things you're doing in the fall is very pagan. And a lot of people don't like to admit it. And, and you sound very well versed on, on world religions, probably more than I am. But paganism is like the oldest, right? Like yeah. it, is, it, it predates Christianity. It predates so many things. And in fact, and I'm, it predates I'm not- Predates written language. Right. And what I'm about to say is not to, to make anybody feel ashamed. It, it was what it was. And I certainly hold nobody accountable for it today. But a lot of these religions, the reason like Christianity looks so similar and we're saying like, that's ours. <laughs> we did that first. Is because unfortunately there was a time where they wanted to get rid of the pagans, so yeah. they evolved those traditions. And first of all, you can only get traditions from what you already know. But they evolved those traditions into Christianity, and claim yeah. them as these Christian traditions. And unfortunately, we you know we've done that with pagans. We've done that. We've done that with Jews. We've done that with Native Americans. Uh, we've done it with a lot of different things, and it's it's unfortunate. And I'm not. Certainly you shouldn't feel bad if you're Christian, um, but that, but that's the truth. And um, one of my favorite things, I was like, if you ever go out anywhere out and chop down a tree and drag it into your house for Christmas, I was like, that's like the most pagan thing in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's like what the Norse were known for. And um, yeah. I mean, many things, but that's a huge symbolic one, you know, and here's another thing. So this is kind of the path. I want to go down with you. If somebody says they're a witch to me, and please, Elise, correct me if I am way off base here. To me, that's not like watching the craft, right? So people hear the word witch and they think it's it's like casting a spell, which we use similar words, right? So like, you know, witches do spell magic. They use the word magic. They do that. But it's not like the craft, right? To me, it's yeah. like lighting your candles, burning those letters, having those bonfires. To me, that is the magic and that is the spell. Is that right yeah. what you say? Or how could you expand on that?
1: Definitely. I've I've read like and this is a big part of paganism too. It's it's a very personal path. So you're constantly reading books. It's a never-ending learning curve. And the more you learn, the more you need to learn more. Like it's, yes. it's just, it's a lot of research. Like there's no face value because there's no correct answers. And because we're also trying to delve up things that have been silenced and torn up and rewritten by churches, you know, right. for, for millennia. So it's, it's, there, there are no right answers for sure. So we're always learning. Um, but in all the books I've read, spell work is defined you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but as manifesting using your energy to manifest positive change. And some people might ignore the word positive there, but positive means like continuous change, negative sure. would mean removing. Right. So, like, that's what we're doing. Like, we're trying to manifest change, and that's it. Like, we can't manipulate energy is like in the craft where we're as much as I love Buffy the vampire slayer like we can't go evil willow on the world like and like there's no that's not a thing yeah
0: I, mean, I would totally <laughs> there's no totally love some of that magic stuff in the craft like to change my face and sh- all that stuff that'd be yeah. super cool but that's not what it is and I love that you're saying this you, you you're saying using your energy to manifest positive change so for all of our friends who are are not of of a pagan religion and who are like, I don't like magic, blah, blah, blah. So just taking away the word magic, manifesting positive change, using your energy to do that. Wouldn't you say that's like a prayer?
1: Oh yeah. 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 We use the word prayer as well. You know? Mm -hmm. And
0: so, and my point being is a lot of religions out there who, you know, who um, don't look at paganism as a religion. We do, the same things. We just kind of do it in a different way and we use different words to describe it, which is fine. But my point is just showing that connection. If, you know, in many churches, you know, you, you light candles, um, you know, every Friday night for Shabbat, we light candles. We say prayers. We're manifesting good things for the weekend and the week to come. We, um, you know, right now we're going into Rosh Hashanah, uh, which is, Coming up uh, at the end of this weekend, and we sound the shofar. I mean, it's a big, it's a big horn <laughs> that you blow in. Um, but, but there's a ritual to it, and magic isn't the word we use in Judaism, but it's it's the same thing. And I just really want people to think about that because I do think, unfortunately. Hollywood has done us no justice <laughs> with yeah, never. Games, witchcraft and magic. It's not, that's not what we mean. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and, and also you know, like
1: along those lines, I'm a huge fan of the conjuring movies. The third one was super lackluster, but the first two, <laughs> especially the first one loved them, yes. but they, everyone's always like bringing in demons. Like that's a big misnomer because the Thank devil you. And demonology is actually part of Abrahamic belief. Like Satanists are part of the Christian belief system. Actually, like they're not part of the witchcraft system because Satan is a as a you know Hebrew character. Like he's yeah. not a he's not part of our system. Like anything pagan is predating the devil and Lucifer and any of those. Uh, what are the other ones called? Nephilims. Yeah. Uh, like all those things are Christian. Yeah. So that's an important thing for people to recognize. Like, that's not even, they're not at the same conventions even that we do. Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. And, and yeah, and that's, that's a great point too. And I think Hollywood would have you believe otherwise. And, yeah, and I Possession think. Possession
1: and tongues and. Yeah, oh yeah. Us.
0: Right. And, and I was like, well, that's really unfair because in paganism there's really no hell concept. Like you're not going to no. go to hell. You're not going to, you know, that whole thing, like she says a very Christian concept. So I find it funny that they always try to pass it on to the pagans. Because yeah. And
1: it's even a newer Christian concept. Like in the original yes. Bible, like Greek Orthodoxy doesn't believe in hell. They believe that every single person goes on to the next life. Pagans are, you know, it's different than that for us. A lot of us right. are uh, uh, reincarnation believers like we believe that you come back or you have the choice to come back a lot of us believe in the akashic records i believe that like there is an infinite knowledge source and i think it has to do with science actually like there are multiple dimensions out there and you know when you're dead you're just you're just a soul so you don't have a you're not part of the third dimension anymore so the fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth you know these are dimensions we can't see or conceive of Right. Like How a piece of paper in 2D can't conceive of you here in the 3D. It's the same thing for us and the next life. And psychics say the same thing and psychics aren't pagan. So I, I don't know. That's yeah. that's how I see death. And, you know, a lot of it was part of this erasure of pagan culture, too, for Christianity, Islam, Judaism, mostly Christianity to kind yeah. of like pull in the pagans. They used fear. Fear is yep. a huge motivator. So yep. hell was invented in like the 1500s.
0: All right, we have had an amazing conversation before, before we end this, do you have any parting
1: words? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Join Facebook groups, yes. look for people in your community. There's always public rituals. And in some ways with COVID it's gotten even easier because people do virtual things. So even if you live in the Bible Belt and you're like, there's no way there's witches which here. First of all, there are, they're just yeah. a lot quieter. Yep. And second of all, it's always online. So you can join a San Francisco group if you want. Yes. So I really encourage you to get out there. I'd also say look up podcasts because a lot of witches have podcasts, you know, not, not just me included, but there's a lot of really good podcasts out there um, in in, one witchcraft. Um, And I would say for anybody who is not sure about paganism, do the same thing, ask questions because we're, really normal people. There's definitely pagans in your life. It's kind of like the broom closet and the LGBT closet is very similar in that you definitely know someone. They just might not feel comfortable telling you because of what they, the energy you might be putting out about it. So being positive and open-minded about things, doing the Googling, because we have such a plethora of knowledge at our fingertips now, watching YouTube videos, like you can answer your questions and then Be open-minded, and you'll be surprised.
0: Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of Friends with Everyone. I hope you really enjoyed the interview with Elise, noted some similarities and differences between her and Mari's experience with paganism, Wicca, and witchcraft. Everything that we talked about in this episode, Elise's podcast, uh, her Seeking Numia efforts, all those links are in the show notes, so please check those out. And if you haven't listened to any other episodes of friends with everyone, I invite you to do so. We've only had a couple, so you are not far behind at all. And this is a monthly podcast. So you've got lots of time to catch up. Episode three of friends with everyone comes out on February 21st, and we are talking beauty and influence and what that means in today's world. So until next time, friends, I hope you go out into the world with an open mind and an open heart.